If you lived in some regions of Virginia, Maryland, or Delaware during the summer of 2021, this is the sound you would likely have heard when you stepped outside on a late spring or summer evening. No, this is not the sound of a spacecraft from a distant planet invading the East Coast. This is the sound of the collective mating calls of three arthropod species that make regular, periodical emergences from the soil. I experienced this event firsthand when I lived in D.C. in the 1980s. I had a lot of experience outdoors in places with lots of insects making different sounds at night, but I had never heard anything like this, nothing as loud or as intense in my entire life. I learned that the buzzing sound was from three different species in the genus Magicicada, Magicicada cassinii, Magicicada septendicum, and Magicicada septendecula. Collectively, this specific group of the three species is referred to as brood 10. It looks like the name should be brood X because entomologists use Roman numerals to identify the 15 different broods of periodical cicadas that live in North America but its name is Brood 10, or the Great Eastern Brood. It's currently the largest brood of periodical cicadas on Earth, and they are the subject of this episode. I'm Phil Gibson, and welcome to Biota. The biology of the different species that are collectively called 17-year periodical cicadas, and their closely related cousins, the 13-year periodical cicadas, is fascinating in many ways. In this episode, I'm going to use these species to illustrate two important population concepts, cohorts and demographics. Let me set the scene a bit. For the past 17 years, the cicadas of Brood 10 lived underground as immature nymphs. There, they fed on the sweet, nutrient-rich sap that they would suck out of the tree roots. After feeding underground for 17 years, nymphs from Brood 10 emerged from the soil shed the exoskeleton of their final developmental stage, and became fully matured adults. Their two goals after emerging are simple, eat and reproduce. Evidence of their hunger can be seen in the damage they do to the leaves of the trees and other plants that the adults feed on. They don't chew leaves, you see. Instead, they pierce the soft tissues and then suck out their meal. Now, their desire to reproduce is evident in the loud buzz of their mating calls. That's what the sound of a cicada brood is, mating calls produced by males to attract females. Each species has a unique mating song, and somehow females can hear and follow the calls from males in their species out of all this cacophony of cicada songs. There are other species of cicadas that emerge in small numbers of individuals annually or on other cycles after completing their development underground. But for the periodical cicadas, there is a mass emergence of millions of developmentally synchronized cicadas every 17 years in the areas where they live. Broods 1 through 9 and 11 through 15 emerge in other years in other locations, but they all follow either the same 17-year developmental cycle that occurs in brood 10, or they follow a shortened 13-year cycle found in a group of related species that evolved from the 17-year cicadas. Now, before we can think about cohorts and demographics, we need to begin by defining what a population is to give us a common starting point. So a population is a group of individuals in the same species living in the same place at the same time. In Brood 10, we have a mixture of three populations, one population for each of the three different species that are on the same emergence cycle that makes up Brood 10. Within populations, 
there are often groups of individuals who were either born at the same time or start some important life stage at the same time. A group of same-aged individuals that proceed through life together in a population is called a cohort. Populations of many species contain multiple cohorts, with each cohort containing individuals of the same age or at the same stage in life. For example, imagine a species that lives for three years. A population of this species would have three different cohorts containing individuals in three different age class categories, what we would call one-year-olds, two-year-olds, and three-year-olds. These age classes represent three different cohorts in this hypothetical population. Individuals in different age classes often have different characteristics, different needs, or perform different roles in the population. For example, the one-year-old individuals in our hypothetical species may be pre-reproductive juveniles. Two-year-olds might be novice reproductive-aged individuals, and three-year-olds may be mature reproductive-aged individuals. In each of these three groups, the organisms likely have different resource needs, place different demands on the environment, and contribute to future population growth in different ways. Individuals in different age classes or cohorts can also have different mortality rates or experience different risks that influence their ability to survive from one age class to another. Biologists who study populations use what are called demographic models to study populations and understand the unique features of different age classes as cohorts live and age in the population. The term demography is from the Greek words demos, meaning people, and graphia, meaning writing or describing. So demographic models are numeric or symbolic models that describe the people or individual organisms in a population that's being studied. Demographic models can include factors such as sex ratio or population density to better understand the historical trends and future trajectories of a population. Through development and use of demographic models, the dynamics of populations can be quantified and represented in mathematical equations to better describe what is happening in them. Information about different cohorts can be represented in figures called population pyramid diagrams that indicate the number of individuals or a proportion of a population that is found in different age classes or cohorts at a specific time or to summarize what is typical for a population of a particular species. More extensive summaries of age class specific demographic data are often presented in tabular form in what is called a life table. The data in the life table can indicate age specific information such as probability of mortality, age class specific reproduction, or how much longer a typical individual in an age class can expect to live. Through life table analysis, one can get an idea of the typical risks and probabilities of different events happening throughout the life of an individual. Methods used in life table analysis can be adapted to study diseases and rates of individuals transitioning from one category to another. For example, demographic models can be used to predict the probabilities of moving from the uninfected and susceptible category into the infected category, and then from the infected category, hopefully into the recovered category. The strength of demographic models is that they allow scientists to use rigorous statistical techniques to quantify and identify important trends, risks, and events in the lifetime of a typical individual living in a particular population of a given species. So now that we've defined population, cohort, and demographic models, let's apply these terms to the specific example of periodical cicadas.
Let's start by turning back the clock 17 years to the last emergence of Brood 10. In 2004, the parents of the cicadas that emerged in 2021 were reproducing. For a little over a month in the summer of 2004, males and females mated with multiple individuals. After copulation, the females make small cuts in twigs and branches of trees where they lay their fertilized eggs. The eggs will develop there for about two months, hatch, and then tiny juvenile nymphs about the size and appearance of an ant emerge and fall to the ground. Next, these nymphs will burrow into the soil and find a root to attach to and feed. The cicada nymphs typically go through five different developmental stages called instars. As the nymphs mature and go through these different instar stages, they move deeper into the soil and attach to other roots to feed. After going through the different instar stages, the nymphs in the fifth instar emerge from the soil, climb onto the trunk of a tree, and then molt to emerge in their final winged adult form. The adults have a different appearance from the more common annual cicadas. Periodical cicadas have a bluish-black body, large translucent wings with orange highlights, and massive red compound eyes. Just like their parents did 17 years previously, the male cicadas in Brood 10 make their buzzing call to attract females, eggs are fertilized, deposited, and the cycle begins again. Given their unique pattern of developmental synchronization and emergence, each species in a brood is a population of that cicada species that contains only a single cohort. All of the individuals that emerged in 2021 were members of a cohort produced by sexual reproduction among members of brood 10 that emerged in 2004. Entomologists who study these fascinating animals are able to develop demographic models of the periodical cicada life and what happens to a given cohort. They have modeled how there is a typical percentage of fertilized eggs that will hatch and burrow into the ground. The models show how of those individuals, a certain percentage will survive and mature into the second instar, and then the third, fourth, and fifth. This process of maturation continues over 17 years until they eventually emerge from the soil. The emerging cicadas are the ones that survived drought and flood, the ones that survived predators moving through the soil looking for a meal, the ones that survived heat, cold, and even different cicada diseases. These are the ones that even survived the random death of their host trees and other unpredictable events during their life. These are the ones that emerged at the right time and didn't hatch early. This is a serious problem that does occur, leaving those early hatching individuals alone and very vulnerable due to their bad timing. So you see these emerging cicadas, these are the survivors and the ones that will perpetuate the species and brood 10. So hopefully this helps you understand how the cicadas are really good examples of important concepts of population, cohort, and demographics. But before we wrap this up, let's think a little bit about why they do this. One of the best explanations that's been developed and supported by experimental and field data is that this is a strategy for predator avoidance and even a little bit of predator population control. Cicadas are fairly large, tasty insects that many different predators like to feed on. I've watched birds pluck cicadas right out of the air mid-flight many times. But imagine millions of cicadas emerging at once, 
filling the sky. While one cicada might be at tremendous risk for being eaten by a predator, the incredible number of cicadas that emerge in a brood simply overwhelm the predators. There's just no way that the predators could eat them all. There's no way that even the, the predator population could respond quickly enough to this massive availability of food that appears every 17 years. All the predators can do is eat what's there. Now, if the predators increase their reproductive output, their population could be potentially impacted next year in a very bad way when there aren't so many cicada snacks available. So hopefully this, this explains how it's a twofold strategy. The cicadas can overload the predators to such an extent that although an individual cicada may be eaten, simply because its mother laid another 600 eggs, there's a high probability that a sibling or a half-sibling that shares its DNA will survive. And in evolutionary ecology, it's getting your DNA into that next generation that is of primary importance. And while the predators may convert some of that energy and nutrition that they've gained from all the cicadas that are available during their feeding frenzy, and this might help them increase their own reproductive output, that may turn out to be a poor investment of resources by the predator when this food source is not available to their offspring next year. So this is just another case of how evolution can be both ingenious and diabolical in shaping strategies to solve the different challenges of life. So that brings us to the end of this episode, so let's summarize. A population is a group of individuals in the same species that live in the same place at the same time. For example, a group of cicadas of the same species living in a particular forested area. Populations can have one or more groups of individuals that are the same age or at the same stage of development. These groups of similar aged individuals are called cohorts. Broods of emerging periodical cicadas contain a single cohort, but the populations of trees they feed on may have individuals of different ages that started growing at different years and therefore represent different cohorts in their populations. Demographic models are developed to study and describe cohort dynamics, the risks, experiences, and transitions that individuals in a cohort go through as they move from one age class or category to another. Population studies, Tracking cohorts and demographic analyses are used by biologists to monitor populations, develop conservation strategies, evaluate diseases, plan for crop harvesting, and inform many critical public health decisions. Demographic models are essential as we try to predict and plan for the future of the human population and the different challenges, like pandemics, that our population will likely face again. The National Park Service has an excellent site with information about Brood 10 and other cicada topics. You can search for these and other resources at www.nps.gov. There is also an excellent paper by Joanne White and Monty Lloyd published in the first issue of the 1975 American Midland Naturalist, specifically Volume 94, Issue 1, pages 127 through 143. It has detailed descriptions of the ecology and demographic information about 13-year and 17-year periodical cicadas. I'm Phil Gibson, and this has been Biota. I also want to thank Maggie Gibson for editorial assistance with this episode. And so, as always, thanks for listening, have a great day, and take very good care of your genetic material. Biota is a production of Under the Juniper Studios. All opinions expressed are those of the author alone. Thank you.